the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, one and all. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter today from 6 to 10, all four hours this morning on News Talk 710-KNUS. In advance, of course, as we lead into, in advance of, as we lead into this Friday's big celebration of the incredible career of the man who has sat in this chair, held this microphone for the last, gosh, almost nine years. Peter Boyles. Bill Thorpe, we got he, some big things he, happening he Friday. He sent me another name yesterday. Oh, gosh. I, I'm trying to schedule this thing. We're already over number of people, and he sent me another name. Does he want to add I'm like just, another just hour or two to the show? My head against the microphone. Just... Uh, I love him so much. I'm doing everything I can to get everybody on, but, oh, it's a nightmare. Well, yeah. maybe we can uh, talk to folks and say, hey, he needs another hour or two. <laughs> but then, think, then then, you'll end up filling up that and yeah, then needing more space again. Yeah. It I will mean, never end. All of us that know Pete know that he likes to do a 10-hour show in five hours, and that's what he's doing. And if we gave him another hour, it would be a problem. The thing is, the easiest thing to do would be give him an hour at 4 a.m. And I'm like, no, because <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't reasonably go and ask the people at the View House to say, hey, can you stick around for an additional hour that morning? To me, that is bad form only because they're shutting down early the night before. They're going to clean that night before earlier than they normally do. Then they're going to bring in shift workers really early wow. before anybody else ever usually arrives. So they're already moving a lot of things around for us. I have a really I, – I can't ask them. And that eats into lunchtime. they got to do lunchtime prep. And so I've worked in the restaurant business. So I understand – if something ends at 10, they've got X amount of hours to prep before lunch service. And if we end at 11, that's not enough time to turn around tables. So I, yeah, well, we're going to make it happen. I don't know. I, I, I told Pete yesterday that I cannot stretch time like Dr. Strange. I, I don't I said, know. you have to understand this. Bill, you're kind of like Scotty was to the Starship yes, exactly. Enterprise exactly for it. this show. Oh, I feel like that. And I think you're a miracle worker who will figure it out. Oh, it's, we're, we'll make it work. <laughs> I, again, I keep telling him, we'll, we'll make it work. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'll make it work. Well, <sighs> I would like you to calm down a little bit for a moment yeah. by sharing with us the <laughs> yes. Thorpe Report. Oh, thank you. Good morning, sir. Last night, our Aurora City Council voted 6-5 to five to pass an amended version of Mayor Mike Kaufman's urban camping ban. The Denver Gazette is reporting the ban is prohibiting all urban camping on private and public property within Aurora. It also requires a 72-hour notice before any unauthorized camp is shut down and for the city to have a shelter available for every person staying in the camp. If the shelter space is not available, uh, the city is not able to touch the camping, the camp, according to the ban. Uh, former Colorado Bureau of Investigation agent Joseph Cahill used to be the man in charge of the investigation searching for Suzanne Morphew, and he's revealed his doubts about the Morphew case to another CBI agent. In a 62-page transcript of an interview with Agent Cahill, uh, he calls Morphew's arrest premature and the worst decision that you can make. 
Authorities issued a mandatory evacuation order after a 23-acre fire broke out near Estes Park on Soulshine Road in Larimer County yesterday. Also, as the Broncos near the two-month mark of being for sale, President CEO Joe Ellis remains confident of the initial target of a new owner taking over by early September. Uh, so, weird thing about that one, Jimmy, is we haven't heard any new trial balloons about ownerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we, early on we heard some trial balloons, and now we're not hearing anything. Hmm. So I'm kind of curious as to what's going on. I, I still think this thing, everybody that I'm talking to says it has to be sold in some sort of an auction format because uh, it's a legal thing that the trust from Pat Bolin mm-hmm. says that you have to maximize profit and that people involved, uh, you know, lawyerly people, have said that if you if you just pick a seller, the phrase maximize profit can come back to bite you and somebody else who was left out can come back and say, ooh, I was willing to pay more, you didn't maximize profit, and then mm. take it to court. So, yeah, it could be interesting. It is fascinating. I always was just wondering, what if I pulled together some resources with a few other people that we put in a oh, bid? Yeah. That would be great. Wouldn't that be awesome? I think it would be wonderful. If, 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 we, if we had an FN morning, morning show, we would absolutely <laughs> put in a bid. But our bid would be ridiculous. It would be like, you know, three pairs of gym socks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of my Starbucks cards I still haven't used. I mean, that's, that's what we do. Yeah, that yeah. would make it a little more uh, interesting but unrealistic. Yeah, it would be. But then we could advertise we're trying to buy the Broncos. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, it's kind of a good thing. Oh, my mind is weird. Okay, Vladimir it Putin's is. faltering invasion has suffered yet another devastating blow after battling Ukrainian troops. And they've re- the Ukrainian troops recaptured the war-ravaged town of Irpin in the outskirts of Kiev yesterday. The mayor said forces seized back full control of the town, which has become one of the main hotspots of fighting. Uh, elsewhere, a federal judge has found that former President Donald Trump more likely than not committed felony obstruction in the effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election. It's U.S. District Judge David Carter. He said in the ruling that Trump's former lawyer, John Eastman, must turn over most of his documents that he's withholding from the January 6th House Committee investigating the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Internal White House records from the day of the attack on the U.S. Capitol that were turned over to the House Select Committee show a gap in President Donald Trump's phone logs of more than seven hours. It actually shows no calls being placed to or by Trump for 457 minutes. The window of time is from 1117 in the morning until 654 p.m. on January 6th. That means there is no record of any calls made by Trump, his supporters, or anybody to and from out of the Capitol while the riot and then the people were breaking in. Very interesting. The Supreme Court is going to consider whether California's protection of livestock unfairly burdens pork farmers across the nation and if Andy Warhol's alteration of an image of the late rock star Prince was transformative enough to avoid a copyright violation. We've got some other stuff on the docket, but that was the most interesting. Yeah. Um, Oddly enough, Representative Madison Cawthor, a North Carolina Republican, said in a recent interview that leaders he looked up to in Washington, D.C. had invited him to an orgy and did cocaine in front of him. I think that's just a normal welcome to Washington, D.C. When did he say this? A recent interview. Uh, I think I caught it. I think I caught the transcript of the interview maybe in a Newsweek post. It was weird because it was Madison Madison Cawthorn. Orgy cocaine was just the lines that stuck out in the headline. I'm like, all right, I'm clicking on that one. (laughs) You have got me, even if it's clickbait. I'm like, all right, we're going to do that one. But he just said that, you know, the the leadership inside of Washington, D.C., both elected and unelected, have these type of powerful parties and, like, Drugs and lots of sex. Surprise. I, I just I'm, I, I don't I'm not surprised by this at all. But yeah, we'll see. Well, OK. Uh, well, let's just take it at face value. The, isn't it like, stunning that a, a politician would say that? Yeah, it is. 
The fact that he came out and say that is, yeah. But then, then again, Cawthorn. He, he likes he's, to make those statements. Yeah, he's yeah. an interesting guy. He's got a lot of. Yeah, it's, yeah, he's his his. I guess if I was if I was advising him based on marketing and creating the persona, he makes some interesting choices. That's as far as we should go with that. Yes. One. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. I think that's very yeah. well put, Bill. There we go. Thank you. Uh, Will Smith has issued an apology after slapping Chris Rock on the Oscar stage Sunday night. Um, but oddly enough, one of Maryland's most powerful elected officials is also being harassed uh, because they share the same name. Yes. Uh, Maryland's Will Smith has been targeted by social media users who were too dumb to do any research at all before letting loose on him. It was not good. Uh, the, two, the 2022 Oscars are now estimated to have had about 15.4 million viewers, snagged a rating of 2.9 among adults 18 to 49. Now, that's about a 56% increase in the audience over last year, and it's a 68% increase in that 18 to 49 demo. But before we start having big Oscar parties, oh, yes. um, it's still the second lowest rated in history. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, they, they've boosted from last yeah. place to second Yeah, exactly. Last place. Yeah, it's like, penultimate wow, yeah, now. You're, yeah, you're, you're not just actually call last. It, just call it the penultimate. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's the a good penultimate one. ranking yes, the of penultimate ranking. the Oscars. It sounds, it sounds better than it is. Yeah, it does. It sounds much better but than it is. But it is interesting because they both, and we'll talk about this more, but yeah. they both apologized in statements to each other. They did. It was it was very interesting. And I and I appreciated Chris Rock's statement more than I appreciated uh, Will Smith's statement. He didn't have to do it as much yeah. as Will Smith like needed to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, he did. Chris Boy, Rock really was the better man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In that display and afterwards. Yeah, absolutely, 110%. I, my respect for Chris Rock has gone up, and my respect for Will Smith has gone down. Same. And yeah. I would just say, and we will talk about this, yeah. but I really think the nail is in the coffin now for those who yesterday were insisting that this was staged. Oh, interesting. We'll talk, we'll talk yeah. about that. Uh, billionaire Elon Musk says he's giving, quote, serious thought to creating a new social media platform without giving any specifics. Yeah, because that's what the world needs. Yeah. Don't work on the electric cars or your really fast transport or go into space. Yeah. What we really need is a new social media network. Stop it. Go back to work. The NFL enacted diversity measures yesterday, including a requirement that each team have a minority assistant coach and a significant role on its offensive staff. I, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but this seems like a solution looking for a problem. The league has appointed a committee of outside advisors to assist its minority hiring efforts and approved a resolution endorsing diversity in franchise ownership. <laughs> That's silly. They approved a resolution. It's just... Hey, we, we, that's, a resolution doesn't mean anything. Seriously, people. Okay. The People's Convoy that's been parked in Hagerstown for weeks is finally leaving Washington without really accomplishing anything. Um, I don't think they thought their clever plan all the way through. I mean, honestly, how much worse could they really make D.C. traffic? Have you been there? Taking a bunch of trucks in there isn't going to really do a heck of a lot. Also, did they understand, just personally question, did they understand that the people they were annoying have zero congressional representation to complain to? None. So they can't, they wanted these mandates and things lifted across the country, but they went to the one community that can't complain to the people that represent anybody nationally to change anything. Did you really, did, was there a meeting? Did anybody have a flowchart? Something? Because this just seemed like a bad idea when it started. <sighs> All right. And don't always believe what you read on the Internet. Nebraska State Senator Bruce Bostelman, a Republican, took to the state Senate floor yesterday and addressed his severe concerns. What was he concerned about? He was concerned that some Nebraska schools are providing litter boxes for the use of students that are self-identifying as cats or dogs. He referred to them as furries, which really isn't the same thing. But Bostelman said such a practice is very disruptive to our school system, and how could we possibly do this? Problem is... It's not a single school in Nebraska doing that. 
and nothing at all. So he got up on the state Senate floor, made a speech about something that's not happening. And not only is it not happening, it's something really stupid. (laughs) Who's on his staff? I'm sorry, but if you're on his staff, it's your responsibility to not make him sound stupid. You're not helping the matter. Oh, Bill, people. Bill, this is this is my Makes we got the sad. final Peter Boyle show on Friday. Yeah. George is in the next couple of days. This is my last day filling in for Peter. Last day with the Thorpe Reporter yeah. on the Peter Boyle show. That was my favorite Thorpe <laughs> Report you. by far. I appreciate it, sir. That's all. I just can't. Someone on the staff would have gone, sir, <laughs> sir, before you stand up, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Oh, please. It's your job to keep them from doing the stupid stuff. Verify. Yeah, Just like that's not even that shows you're not even doing yeah. your homework or even maybe trying. was he like yeah. on something? I don't know. Just, <laughs> oh, it makes me sad. These are the people that get to make our laws. Oh, and we wonder why we're having such problems. I got to oh, grab the phone. Oh my goodness. Yes, indeed. Wow. I just I I don't know. I don't know what to to say to that one except that literally, you could hear it. It had me laughing out loud. Good morning. I am Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter Boyles today on News Talk 710 KNUS. Coming up at the top of the hour, I'm going to get, we will all get excellent insights from Judge Ken Starr on the nomination of Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson to the U.S. Supreme Court. I believe it is next Monday, maybe Tuesday, that they are anticipating in the United States Senate on voting to confirm her. What are his impressions of Judge Jackson and her testimony last week and what happened in terms of the exchanges with members of the Senate Judiciary Committee and how they had their back and forths and what they asked about? Did they ask the right questions and she dodged those questions or were they asking the dumb questions that didn't really get at the right issues? That's what Kevin McCarthy, Kevin, uh, Andrew McCarthy of the National Review has argued is that the Republicans went about the judiciary hearing in a very different way than they should have, that they didn't focus on the right issues or do it in the right way. He has some very interesting thoughts. What are Judge Starr's perspectives on this? He was somebody who was sort of years ago, and I think it was under George H.W. Bush, maybe it was George W. Bush, but he had been thought of as a potential appointment to the Supreme Court himself. He was a judge on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals at one point. Hence the title, Judge for Judge Starr. I'm looking forward to getting his thoughts. He's always just a tremendous guest with so many fantastic insights. We'll talk with Judge Starr at the top of the hour at 7 o'clock this morning. Then coming up at 9.30, my other guest scheduled on the show is Dick Wadhams, the former Colorado Republican Party chair. He had an interesting column up just in the last couple of days on where things are at in terms of our elections, especially vis-a-vis election conspiracists working to keep Democrats in power or so. He claims 
How should Republicans be approaching the issue of elections at this point, especially given how critical it is for the GOP to be victorious in 2022 and not to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory? As we know, the Republican Party in this state is very good, notorious even, for doing Always, constantly snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Is that the destiny of the GOP for 2022? We'll talk about Dick Wadhams later on in the show. And we've got plenty more topics to dive into at 303-696-1971 is how you can join into the festivities. You can also text into the show on the 710KNUS app on your smartphone. Of course, you can tweet at me. I'm on Twitter at Sang Center. That's saying with an E, not an A, Center on Twitter. And you can email me directly a couple of different ways. Go to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page at 710knus.com. By the way, of course, I host the Jimmy Sangenberger Show every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 here on News Talk 710KNUS. You can also email me via my website, jimmysangenberger.com. Keep in mind, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is easy. And if you do email via the Peter Boyles show page, I'm sure Bill will very kindly forward any emails on over to me so that I can... Field them. No, please do shoot emails, texts, phone calls, what have you, welcoming your participation today. You know, yesterday morning, we spent a lot of time, actually the entirety of my time on the air, talking about the slap herd around the world. Will Smith just smacked the s*** out of me. Nick Mike's name out of mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out of mouth. I'm going to, okay? That was, of course, after Chris Rock told a joke about Will Smith's wife. He is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please... Lord, Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> That's what happened when Will Smith walked up on stage. So, Bill, yesterday we talked a lot about whether this was staged or real. And, you know, I I came in here, my instinct said it was legit, but we got some great calls casting speculation that was different. That made me think, you know, maybe there's a possibility that this could have been faked. But then yesterday we learned a few different things. Uh, One among them is that Chris Rock did not rehearse the joke that upset Will Smith, so it seemed like it was an ad lib. Now, one could say, oh, he and Will Smith strategized and he decided, oh, I'm going to tell this joke. And 
then everything is going to unfold as it did. I find that hard to believe, though, especially given the intensive fallout that has come upon Will Smith. The Oscars launching a formal review of Will Smith after the Chris Rock slap. And not only that, then you have even the ladies on The View were just blasting Will Smith. Here, for example, is Sonny's take specifically saying, look, you can't be claiming that um, I'm getting too much spotlight as he did in his acceptance speech. Will Smith did when he accepted best actor. You can't just point to your spotlight as an excuse for doing violence. Will and Jada Pinkett Smith have lived publicly their whole lives. And when you live publicly, um, you do open up yourself um, to jokes. You open up yourself to commentary. Jada did shave her head on Instagram, said she was embracing her new look. Um, They've talked openly about their open relationship, their open marriage. They've talked openly about Jada's affair with one of her, um, one of their children's friends um, on the red table, you know, La Mesa Roja. And I think that when that type of thing, when you live publicly, you don't have the right to all of a sudden decide to um, execute violence. So. You have all this chatter not making them look good, particularly not making Will Smith look good. The Oscars Oscars are looking into this saying, quote, the Academy condemns the actions of Mr. Smith at last night's show. We have officially started a formal review around the incident and will explore further action and consequences in accordance with our bylaws, standards of conduct and California law. Now, I know these are Hollywood stars, Bill, and I know that they want attention. But this does not seem like good attention for people at the pinnacles of their career. It's especially not like they are just up and coming people who are just randomly on stage at the Oscars or some major event and wanted to make a splash to garner attention. Yeah, this is not that type of attention. And this it does look bad on Will Smith. It's going to make Chris Rock look a heck of a lot better in retrospect. But I like what the ladies on The View were saying, and I rarely agree with them or think they have anything intelligent at all to say. But I was surprised with the insight where they said, if you have chosen to live your life publicly like this, you don't then get to be as sensitive as a private citizen when jokes like this are made at your or your family member's and expense. Sonny, in that in that exchange, that part, Sonny also said, look, we teach our children not to do this. Our kids would be suspended if they did. And she also said, this is toxic masculinity and condemned it as a display of toxic masculinity. And Whoopi Goldberg said, look, kudos to Chris Rock for how he handled this. And, of course, she's won Oscars and she's a comedian. Yeah, and the toxic masculinity to me is... It seems very situational because if if this was in a parking lot at a King Supers, if this was, you know, five feet away from the bar at the Grizzly Rose, if we were in line at the, you know, at, at you know, Empower Field a mile high, I think the expectations are different because if I have a random person talking smack about someone in my family, sorry. I think the expectation of how I respond might be a little bit different. And given the right situation, I might just smack someone. I I just might do that. So this expectation, though, but because he was on stage, because it was a TV show, because it was a comedian who was standing in front of an audience, 
I agree that it creates that different situation. But ooh, it, it bothers me for them to be labeling well, this as toxic sure. masculinity. No, I agree really with you. My me. my point in even raising that one though is that. They were criticizing him, yeah. and they were going after him in the way they would on The View. Joy Behar expressed how unsafe it can be for comedians as it is, and how she just, when she's heckled or things go awry, she just walks off the stage. Like, that was not a, there was nothing positive said about Will Smith yeah. among any of the ladies on The View. We're not seeing anything positive from folks, for the most part, on TV. You have to turn to social media. How is that? I know all, they say good, P, all PR is good PR, whether it's good or bad. But that's not really the case, when, especially when you're at your pinnacle. Like, what, why bother? Why do the staged thing? It makes no sense. Yeah, I think, the for me, the good any you know any press coverage is good press coverage for me works when you are coming up after you get to a, a kind of a tipping point where you're an established star i don't believe it has the same value and and i believe the value is that people just begin to know your name when you're coming up but when you get um negative press coverage when you've already arrived it right. is a detriment to your work uh now when you see Will Smith in any kind of yeah. a movie, any kind of a situation, this is going to be one of the things that you think of. It's why I always talk to my kids and my wife about how difficult it is for me to watch a Tom Cruise movie. Because what I see is Tom Cruise doing a movie. I, I can no longer, because he's been such a public persona yes. outside of the movies, I no longer can get a suspension of disbelief and imagine Tom Cruise being a character. I can do that with so many other actors and actresses. For me, it's Tom Cruise and a bunch of other people in funny costumes, and they're doing a play. I, I can't get past the fact it's him, and I yeah. think that this is a de detriment that Will Smith is going to create. I agree. Is he's created this identity, and so mm -hmm. next time that he's on the big screen, it's going to be, oh, look, it's the policeman who slapped the guy at the Oscars. Right. You know, it's the doctor who slapped the guy at the Oscars. It's, it's the not guy the reputation you want. Yeah. And also the, when you're comparing apologies, Chris Rock's far superior oh, gosh, to yes. Will Smith, yeah. and people can look at that and say, well, that was a forced apology. In fact, Alexa texting in, correction, Will Smith's publicist wrote Will's apology, which was released. I, I would agree with that. I think Alexa's right it on that was. one. Where I feel that Chris Rock's apology came from his heart uh, because he addressed it and he said, listen, I'm doing this, but it is my responsibility to be this as a comedian and I'm not supposed to and be this that, and I made a mistake. And, and that adds crap. to the proof of why this cannot have been staged. And the one thing that really, really um, crystallized how much I appreciated Chris Rock's apology is he didn't offer the excuse that he didn't know about the disease. I mean, he talked about it a little bit, but he didn't say that you can't get mad at me because I didn't know the disease. He said, hey, I should have, could have known about this, and it was wrong for me to do that. Even with the fact that he didn't know, that's not where he hung his hat. He still took responsibility for the action, which is what you have to try to teach your kids. That's the part about being he, an adult. He taught us how to be an adult in that regard. Yeah. And he also showed, and we talked about this yesterday as well, how to keep the show going oh, gotcha. after something goes awry. To, in that case, he had to acknowledge it. And he did so in a humorous way. And then he kept going. Yeah. And you, but you put all the pieces together. Maybe the, if, if, please, 303 696 1971, do you still think that it is possible? 
that this was staged. Give us a call if you do believe that is the case and explain why. Because at this point, I don't see how that's plausible. We've got a lot more that we're going to be talking about as well. Ken Starr, Judge Ken Starr, joining us at the top of the hour to talk about the Supreme Court nomination of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. We've got that and so much more. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter Boyles till 10 o'clock this morning. Stay with us. We are just getting started. A News Talk 710 KNUS. Burger host until six o'clock from six o'clock till 10 o'clock in for Peter Boyles this morning. Gosh, that would be a long day. 12 hours. That would be like Bill will appreciate this. Peter's dream final show on Friday in order to fit in all the guests that he would like to have. That's what it seems like. No, it's going to be a real celebration and such a treat on Friday for everybody to gather at the View House and on the listening on the radio and on the KNUS app or 710knus.com to the last show of a man who has been in this business since the early 70s and on talk radio since the 80s. And what an incredible legacy he will leave behind on these Denver airwaves. I'll talk a little bit more about that a little later as this is my final Show filling in for Peter in advance of leading into his very last show this coming Friday, April 1st. 303-696-1971. We are starting this morning on the topic we spent all day yesterday, all show yesterday, talking about the slap heard around the world. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith slapping... Chris Rock on stage. To me, without equivocation, this was not staged. There's just no way at this point that it was staged. Given all the blowback that Will Smith is facing, yeah, I get the all publicity is good publicity idea, but not when you are getting an Oscar. That's the pin your very first Oscar, one of the pinnacles of an actor's career, if not the pinnacle. And you sidelined the big story that you should be celebrating with this and all the criticism that you're getting from The View onto Fox News to you name it? Huh. 303-696-1971. Bill, you're on the radio show. Good morning. Good morning. I've never called in before, but this one uh, irked me enough. Sure. I think this was a very selective slap. And I think that that been Dwayne The Rock Johnson up there. He'd have never walked up. And the other thing, he ought to be embarrassed that he can't one-punch a guy that weighs 100 pounds less than him. So, okay. So what did you make then of the fact that he just decided to go ahead and do this? He's a punk. Uh, definitely not staged. You, you, you accept it was legit. No, he's a punk, and he's a selective slapper. Selective slapper. So, had that been... Uh, uh, I, I like that selective slapper Mike Tyson up there. Had Mike Tyson been on the podium, he wouldn't have walked up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think there's been That's a lot. There's been a lot of comparisons made to who else could have walked up and what would have happened if they walked up and so forth. Bill, I think that's uh, a good point and a very apt one. Selective slapper. Thanks for the call. 303-696-1971. 
A listener text, Chris Rock's apology was sincere and from the heart, huge difference. Another text, I don't think the incident was fake. I think Will Smith's outrage was fake and he's putting on a show for his wife. You know, that could be true. I think there could be more that's in play there, though, underlying those emotions, because if you listen to the rest after the slap, how he screamed at Chris Rock after sitting back down. Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the out of me. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out I'm going to, okay? I don't know. It seemed, especially looking at his expression, I know he's an actor, but that seemed more visceral than just acting. Although I don't think that it was outrage about the joke so much as it was perhaps about other things going on and what that joke sort of made it bring out in terms of his emotions. Because, I mean, listen to the way that Sonny Hostin on The View expressed one of the marital issues that they've had. Will and Jada Pinkett Smith have lived publicly their whole lives. And when you live publicly, um, you do open up yourself um, to jokes. You open up yourself to commentary. Jada did shave her head on Instagram, said she was embracing her new look. Um, they've talked openly about their open relationship, their open marriage. They've talked openly about Jada's affair with one of her, um, one of their children's friends um, on the red table, you know, La Mesa Roja. And I think that when that type of thing, when you live publicly, you don't have the right to all of a sudden decide to um, execute violence. So uh, they've had marital issues. You you heard the description right there, and you had a very good point raised on The View about how you can't act in that way even if you have those underlying issues. 303-696-1971. Brad, good morning. You're on Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter Boyles. Do you think it was staged? I do. Why is that? Um, well, because Will Smith has not been charged in this assault. No, that's true. But would you expect a Hollywood person to be charged? Um, in Hollywood? I, would, I, well, <laughs> I mean, let's be real question. here. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I mean, it's a good get, it's a good that, point. That but that's not proof that it was staged. staged. That, but well, why well, do, why does well, that when Hollywood's going to get away? These Hollywood guys are constantly going to get away with things. You get pulled over for a ticket, and you're going hundred miles an hour. Oh, please, uh, uh, just. Uh, I'll give you an autograph and uh, just let me go on my way. I mean, really? Well, let's put it this way. I don't think he would, he was not going to be if it was staged on the Oscars. And I think the, it, it, I think you're missing the point that, you know, does Will Smith need to publicity? No. Chris Rock? No. They're both megastars. Okay. However, the Academy Award viewing has been down dropping like a rock for years and what's been happening the last two days that's all you're hearing well but what are we hearing about are we hearing about the awards themselves are we hearing about the red carpet are we hearing about who won no no we are talking about a fight that happened in essence between two people drowning out all the attention for everybody else or crowding out all the attention for anybody else in hollywood you think people in hollywood are happy about this 
Really? I may have, they, may, they may have miscalculated on it. I, I, still think I, it I find that hard to believe, especially given now that the Oscars are launching their formal review. You see outrage that's that seems like it's coming from all sorts of different corners in a way where this goes. It's hard to imagine a conspiracy that goes this deep, Brad. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe wrong. I just, yeah, that's my opinion. I think it was staged because, because of the uh, lack of viewership. Well, I, I appreciate that call, Brad. And the the point I, I definitely, I mean, think about it. This was the penultimate worst or the penultimate, uh, in the rankings, shall we say, just to make it a little nicer. The penultimate in the rankings for ratings for Oscars in history, meaning it is the second worst. So it's slightly improved compared to COVID times, which isn't saying much for last year. Slightly improved. And yet people are talking about it, but only one incident. I mean, these think about the ego of everybody in Hollywood. Each and every one of those people sitting in that room has a massive ego and wants attention in the spotlight. And then Will Smith and Chris Rock are going to suck up all the oxygen in the room and everybody else is going to say, well, at least they're talking about the Oscars. I find that hard to believe, respectfully. 303-696-1971. What do you think? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of your calls and texts. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter Boyle's News Talk 710 KNUS. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you in for Peter Boyles till 10 o'clock this morning. News Talk 710 KNUS. That was the joke that led to the slap heard around the world. Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the out of me. It was such a big deal, a big story. Everybody was talking about it. It was one of those things where yesterday... When I hosted the first two hours, then I handed it off to George. Like, everything was coming in from calls to texts to emails with thoughts on this. Because it's one of those big stories. And then today we see the fallout. Among them, the reports that Chris Rock didn't know that Jada Pinkett Smith has been very public about having alopecia. And that that's why she has shaved her head. Lots of other fallout from this as well, but it seems like alopecia is the topic that Boyd would like to delve into this morning. Good morning, Boyd. You're on the radio show. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah, I just called in to say I grew up with a woman who had alopecia, and uh, I can guarantee you that woman does not have alopecia. So I don't know enough about alopecia, honestly. So, So tell me what makes you think that. What are the symptoms and what don't you see that leads well, you to that conclusion. They don't have hair anywhere on their body, and it's really quite obvious. And even if they've been, this woman was drawing on her eyebrows for her entire life, and you could still see that the uh, eyebrows were just drawn on. And uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's hair was obviously looked like it was shaved off. You could still see the hairline, and I don't think I've never heard of adult onset alopecia. 
Well, it's something that happens when you're young and then hmm. you live with it the rest of your life. I, I'd be curious, and again, I, I don't know much about it, but I, I know that there are treatments for hair regrowth that – um, you know, maybe there are specific circumstances that could be in, in play for her in terms of modern treatments and what have you. I, I don't know. It's an interesting observation coming from you, Boyd. I'm curious as well about this text. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Pfizer sponsored the Oscars. They're also coming out with a new drug named by some random marketing guy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It will combat alopecia. What a coincidence, <laughs> huh? What do you think? Do you think that's another layer to the, the staged uh, it could be. story? It could be. Hmm. And and uh, her, her, her shaved off hair, the, the hair that you could see, the five o'clock shadow, was very light colored. I mean, maybe she had her uh, hair like one of platinum blonde. It just all fell out or something. I mean, who knows? Uh, I'm looking or here. Or maybe Will Smith. Maybe Will Smith, uh, this was his big night. He knew they were going to get abysmal ratings, and he knew that if he uh, punched All right. uh, Chris Rock, uh, you know, well, everybody. I got text from a guy that, you know, he said, are you guys watching the Oscars? Will Smith just punched Chris Rock. And I, the shocking thing to me was, like, I know somebody who still watches the Oscars. <laughs> that was the shocking thing. Okay, so I'm getting a couple of different texts from listeners saying it's not true about not getting in an adulthood. Uh, tell the caller that uh, absolutely there's adult onset alopecia. I just did a Google search. There is adult onset alopecia. Uh, the listener, though, does say, I didn't notice any bald spots on Jada's head, and it takes a while before they go completely bald, but hers was still pretty even. Maybe that's part of why she decided to shave shave it when she did. Maybe there's some, some purpose to that. It but like but a lot it, of hair there to me. But definitively, like well, a lot of hair there. So, it, it, I mean, I don't know how long it takes to develop the symptoms of alopecia, especially for adult-onset alopecia. Uh, frankly, I mean, I, I, I find it hard to believe that she's making that up, Boyd. I, I think especially because there is such a thing as adult onset alopecia, maybe that just takes some more time to develop. I'd have to look into it. I will just say that I, I think that the idea that we can go in terms of staging, oh, she is making up that she has this, and it's all done so that they can go to the Oscars and then have this fight so that Pfizer, being a sponsor of the Oscars, can have more attention brought to alopecia and they can make money and Will Smith and Chris Rock get negative publicity. I, I don't know. It's a little yeah, bit of a stretch for yeah, me. Well, what do you I, think, boy? Have you, have you seen the, uh, his acceptance speech? Mm-hmm. His acceptance I did. speech is ridiculous. Well, he's his acceptance speech was going up there right. with tears in well, his eyes. He's a, he, playing the Hollywood the victim. Yeah, no, exactly, boy. Playing the Hollywood victim card. That's what he was doing. He was building sympathy within the empathy, within the audience there, because he specifically was telling those Hollywood types, well, in this business, you, you really have to be in the spotlight, and you have to just take it, and you have to smile, and you have to just <laughs> He was doing that to appeal to the Hollywood people who, well, they like being in the spotlight when it's to their benefit, and then they don't like it when it's to their detriment, and he was playing into that second thought process boyd hey i thanks yeah, for the call everybody it, in hollywood is talking about him him today aren't they right but not in a positive way if you hear so much of the response there are a lot of people in hollywood who were like what the hell you stole the show from the rest of us
Thanks for the call, Boyd, at 303-696-1971. Another text, there are different types regarding alopecia. Yeah, to me, there's there's no reason that I can see to doubt that Jada Pinkett Smith is sincere when she says she has alopecia and that's why she shaved her hair. The one thing we have learned is that apparently Chris Rock did not know. Now, he hasn't used it as an excuse. He didn't put it in his apology. Oh, I didn't know, which is a kudos to him for that. But apparently he did not know reportedly about this alopecia condition of Jada Pinkett Smith. Lots more interesting, um, many more interesting things to come. On this, we will pick up this conversation. If you want to bring us back here a little later, we'll come back to it. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, Judge Ken Starr will join me to talk about the nomination of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to the United States Supreme Court. Then we'll get back to your calls and texts on the other side. Keep it right here. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Peter Boyles on News Talk 710 KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com